Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> and welcome to... Sorry, my voice kind of cracked up there. <laughs> um, excuse me, but <laughs> in all seriousness. Um, welcome to the 85th episode of the Cozy Show podcast. Um, coming to you live... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I am now on the air. So, I know I would say this um, particular line um, that's kind of like vintage um, uh, cozy to say, you know, it's pretty cliche at this point. Um, It's very redundant, but um, I can't stress it enough. Um, I've said it before many times, but truer, excuse me, truer words have never been spoken. And that is plenty of news to get into, plenty of news to go around, plenty to uh, discuss and talk about. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention I did not, once again, watch... The latest episode of Good Morning America today, um, I had decided, you know, against it for personal reasons. Those I will not disclose because, again, you know, it's my podcast. I mean, um, I prefer to keep that in-house, in private, and uh, I mean... It is my podcast, after all. I mean, I don't have to really discuss, um, you know, personal, private stuff with all of you, because you all have your private and personal stuff, and, you know, vice versa, but it's, it's a respect thing, so I would ask all of you to please respect my privacy as I do the same for you. But anyway... Let's not get into all that. Let's talk about uh, the stuff that I will talk about, and that is professional sports, professional wrestling, and if there's time, I'm going to try to freestyle a little bit on this podcast, but mostly things along those lines. So here we go. All right, first things first, there will be a game on Thursday night football today and that game will um be a contest between the following teams that being one of my most hated teams in the NFL I mean there's pure hatred right there I hate them with passion the Pittsburgh Steelers Taking on those Cleveland Browns, who I'm also not very fond of. Um, No love lost there. (laughs) I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, so naturally, um, there's going to be some animosity there. But um, let's let's get on with it. Um, So those two teams will take on each other today. Um... So, it's going to be really interesting um, to see what happens um, 
in this game as it results to the outcome. Um, I would assume um, because Jacoby Brissett is under center um, and he's been in the league more than Mitchell Trubisky has, at least I would believe so, um, I would give maybe, I guess, the Cleveland Browns the edge slightly. I guess I'd partially give them the advantage just because of that. Um, but as far as being the best team overall, as far as both teams playing tonight, as far as who the better, uh, excuse me, as far as who's the better team, as far as the better team is concerned, I would have to give that, and I hate to do it, I, I hate both teams really, but I would have to give that edge, unfortunately, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but only because um, they're more balanced on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, and on special teams. But I'm not going to put it past the Cleveland Browns to um, defeat their arch nemesis in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because they're playing in their home field, their home stadium, in front of their home fans, and it's it's the dog pound. I mean, of course they're going to defend the land, believe land. <laughs> Um, if, for those of you who are familiar with the whole Believe Land, Cleveland storyline, you know, the NBA Finals 2016, LeBron, Steph Curry, Warriors, Cavs, you'll, if you look into it, you'll understand it, but you have the Browns trying to defend the land, Believe Land, Cleveland, <laughs> um, whatever you want to call it against, you know, another AFC North foe um, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I don't really care much about this game as far as who wins it because, like I said, again, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. So naturally, um, you know, I hate both teams really, but... That's neither here nor there. And I know hate's a very strong word, but in this particular way, in, well, in this particular um, conversation and in the context that I'm using it, um, I think my words are pretty much justified. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are pretty much the dirtiest team in the AFC North at least in my opinion, and the Browns have been the bottom feeder team in the AFC North for countless amount of years. But it's not even about that. The fact that they're a rival, heated rivals to my Cincinnati Bengals, um, you know, uh, it, it's just one of those things. Um, I'm just... You know, being a loyal fan, that's that's all I'm doing, really. So, 
But anyway, uh, let's move along. And just wanted to tell you all that that game will take place. Let me make sure I get it right here as far as what platform it's going to be on, what program, what channel it's supposed to take place on. Uh, this game will take place on, and you would think ESPN by now, but sometimes they change it up. <sighs> this game will take place, um, and I find this to be kind of awkward, because, you know, um, it's not showing at the moment, um, and that's odd in itself, um, but those two teams are set to square off. I apologize for the apparent stalling that I'm doing right now. Um, but the Red Sox versus the Yankees will be good. That will be on Fox, but that's besides the point. Um... Didn't mean to change the subject there. I'm just trying to um, fill in some dead airspace, airtime, uh, you know. So um, this is really weird. I, I don't. I haven't. Um, I'm not seeing the game on. You know any of the ESPN family of platforms. Uh, and I'm not seeing it on ABC. Um, so I would assume that uh, you'll have to check your local listings in your area for that matchup. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, in advance, but I could not find... Um, you know, the platform that get this game is supposed to be on. So I'm going to try to get that information to you as soon as possible. But until then, let's move on. Um, another good matchup we'll want to look into in week three. Um... I don't know if it's week two or week three right now. Um, I'm not too sure how that works. Um, you know, because the NFL schedule is, it's it's always changing. It was 16 games at one point, 17 games at one point. Another year it was 18 games. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, they keep changing it up, so... While I look at that, let me just give you a list of games coming up. So my New England Patriots will face the Ravens of all teams. Baltimore is given the edge in this ball game by 57% chance, according to uh, excuse me, Football Power Index. Um, that'll be one Eastern time on Sunday. Chiefs versus Colts will be another. 1 p.m. Eastern Time game on Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs are favored to win by more than 60%. 61% in fact. Um, an NFC 
South rivalry in the Saints versus the Panthers will also take place 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. The Carolina Panthers have a 51% chance, according to Football Power Index, to win. Texans versus the Bears will take place at 1 Eastern Time on Sunday. Um, so if you're a fan of either team, check your local listings in your area for that matchup. Um, the Bears are given a 54% chance to win this ball game, um, and, it, and that makes sense um, given the matchup. So anyway, the Bills and the Dolphins will square off one Eastern time on Sunday. Buffalo has a 62% chance to win that. Lions versus the Vikings will face off one Eastern time Sunday. Minnesota has a 66% chance uh, excuse me, to win that matchup. Bengals will take the Jets, um, take on the Jets, rather, one Eastern time Sunday at uh, the Meadowlands, um, MetLife Stadium. Cincinnati has a 78% chance to win the matchup. Um, So if you're a fan of either team, check your local listings in your area for that matchup. Raiders versus the Titans will take place one Eastern time on Sunday. Um, Las Vegas is given a 58% chance to win that match. So there you go. Eagles versus the commanders will take place. No love loss there. Philadelphia is given a 59% chance. That'll be one Eastern time on Sunday. 405 Eastern time on Sunday. We'll have the Jaguars versus the chargers. That should be pretty good. Um, the chargers are given a 77 percent chance according to football power index to win the game packers versus the buccaneers will be at 425 ish eastern time on sunday so this will be somewhat i guess of a rematch of the 2020 and 2021 uh nfc championship um the buccaneers are given 58 percent chance to win that match um rams versus cardinals will take place also around 425 Eastern time on Sunday, the Rams, no surprise, are going to be given a 53% um, edge according to football power index to win. Falcons versus the Seahawks will also be a 425 Eastern time game on Sunday. And according to football power index, the Falcons of all teams are being given a 53% chance to win. 49ers versus the Broncos will take place um, at 8.20 Eastern time. That'll be the Sunday night football game that takes place weekly. The San Francisco 49ers are being given a 52% chance to win. The following day on Monday Night Football, Around 8.15 Eastern Time on ABC and ESPN, the Cowboys will take on the undefeated New York Giants in MetLife Stadium, the Meadowlands, whatever you want to call it. And I do believe, um, let me see if I'm getting this correct, the Giants have 55, a 55% chance to win the game, according to Football Power Index. But, um, knowing how the New York Giants have, um, 
have had outcomes in these primetime games, more specifically Monday Night Football, um, you would have to give the Cowboys the edge, at least in my eyes, because the the Dallas Cowboys have had the Giants number for a little while now. And for those of you who don't know what I mean by they have their number, what I mean by that is they've had a number of victories over them uh, to the point where, um, you know, they're kind of in their head somewhat, so to speak, to the point where they know, you know, their moves. You know, they know what they're going to do as far as what their plans are, what their plays are. That's what I mean by that. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that before the Dallas Cowboys um, would do their uh, um, playoff run when they had that 3-5, to that dreadful 3-5 to record um, in the 2000. Uh, 18-19 season, um, you know, uh, they beat the New York Giants at MetLife, excuse me, at MetLife Stadium, the Meadowlands, whatever you want to call it, and they won by like one point, but that one point was enough to win them the game, and keep in mind, this game meant absolutely nothing because, you know, they already had their um, playoff berth, um, their postseason spot, um, you know, uh, they had it already in the palm of their hands. They already had the matchup set for the postseason. They were scheduled to take on, who was it? Uh, the Seattle Seahawks in the wild card um, playoff game the following Sunday. Keep in mind, this was all set in stone before the New York Giants game took place. And the Cowboys won a meaningless game, um, but um, this was a gritty win. Like, this was a hard-fought victory. Um, and of course that's a confidence booster heading into the playoffs. I know that that victory meant, um, pretty much not a darn thing. Um, certainly not by NFL standards. Um, but I'm sure it meant something to the Cowboys because it gave them some momentum, something to build off of, um, you know, something to reflect back on when they go into the postseason. So they were very much in postseason form before the postseason, excuse me, before the postseason even started. Um, now, would that play to their benefit or their detriment? You be the judge, because while they did win the wild card game versus the Seahawks, um, they lost a game in which they had a ton of fans at a road, you know, stadium 
a road home field in, of course, the Los Angeles Rams Stadium. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how, you know, one of their running backs, the Los Angeles Rams I'm talking about at the time, Todd Gurley, um, he had hurt himself, um, in the playoffs that year, um, apparently to the point where, you know, he was seen, um, trying to loosen up on a, one of those spin machines or electronic bikes, whatever you call it, to loosen up his knees and such. So anyway, let's not get sidetracked here. Um, I was just trying to give a little bit of background. Um, but anyway, the Cowboys beat the Giants that day in the 2018-2019 season. The following year, they beat the Giants at the same stadium, their stadium, the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium, whatever, right? Um, but that was a Monday night game. So that's, um, you know, pretty impressive. Back-to-back victories in prime time versus a division foe, division opponent, um, a hated rival, a heated rival. Um, that's pretty good. And so I would look for the Cowboys to win this match right here. Um, I don't think it's going to be an easy victory by any stretch of imagination. But I would give the edge to the Cowboys because I think they have the better team. And I think they're more well-coached, more well-disciplined, and have more structure um, as far as, you know, um, their assignments and such. They have more strict guidelines, um, you know around the team, so we'll see how that all plays out, but that will be a Monday night game, and that should be exciting, but anyway, that's what's going to take place in the NFL, now let's talk about Major League Baseball, okay, so first things first, I got to, excuse me, I got to address the elephant, um, singular, or elephants, plural, um, in the room. And here's what I mean by that. What I mean to uh, explain and talk about is the home run record that is, you know, on the horizon and on the verge of being broken um, by none other than the likes of Aaron Judge. Babe Ruth had it to begin with, with about 60 home runs, I do believe. Um, Roger Maris um, broke that record with 61 home runs, but his career was never the same after that. And so, I would believe that Aaron Judge would break that record within the next... I mean, it could happen today, really. Um... It could happen today, okay? 
let me let, let me make sure I make this clear. Aaron Judge could break the single season New York Yankee home run today and tonight. Um, do I think he'll do it? I think it's very, very possible. Um, it's not for me to say that it will happen. Um, I'm just saying that it's possible. Um, if I were to give a straight yes or no, I'd probably say, uh, yes, but only because, I mean, Aaron Judge has been on a hot streak for quite a while now, it seems like this entire season. Um, and I'm not even just saying that because I'm a New York Yankees fan, that's just the truth. Um, but if it won't happen today slash tonight, um, there are other days and other nights to go get it. Um, so if it won't be today or tonight, it'll be probably the next few days or the next few nights, um, that follow. So there you go. But, uh, you have Aaron judge who is looking to break the Yankee home run record. Um, but that's in the American league in, of course, the national league, you have the likes of Albert Pujols, who is on his, uh, final farewell, if you will, his farewell tour, his, uh, whatever you want to call it, his final swung song, his, uh, retirement tour, his final farewell, whatever you want to call it. Um, you can, uh, you know, um, start the narrative however you want. He's trying to reach 700 home runs. And when I checked out SportsCenter earlier today, I mean, you would have thought that he did break it. Um, or did, you know, have, you know, has broken it or whatever. I'm not really sure how to say it has broken. It did break it, whatever. But I do know this. I do know that because of the caliber that Albert Pulos is, um, I'm not going to be surprised one bit if, uh, he breaks the record tonight. Now there has been, you know, some cynics, um, some skeptics, um, some naysayers, critics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, over, you know, um, whose home run records are more impressive, the likes of Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa have been mentioned in the conversation, but there's an asterisk next to those records, um, at least in my eyes, because, um, and it really depends on who you talk to, because at that time, while it was, you know, illegal as far as, you know, um, as far as, um, controlled substances go, uh, in the United States, 
Um, it wasn't really regular um, to test uh, athletes for steroids. wasn't really regulated yet. It wasn't really made illegal at that time. It wasn't really uh, um, any of that. Regulated, um, illegal, and or immoral, or whatever the case may be. And even if it was, like, these players were only getting, like, 30 days punishment, which is now, like, the equivalent of a vacation, basically, for them. Nowadays... If you're to get caught with steroids or performance-enhancing drugs or HGH or whatever these players are using now, um, you could be suspended for an entire season. Um, don't take my word for it. Ask Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell you all about it. Like I said, don't take my word for it. All you have to do is ask Fernando Tetis Jr. He is suspended the rest of the season, um, you know, for steroids or HGH or some kind of performance-enhancing drugs. So I'm going to say this one more time, and I'm not going to say it again. You don't have to take my word for it. Excuse me. You don't have to take my word for it. All you have to do is ask Fernando Tatis Jr. This man decided to take performance enhancers or steroids or HGH or whatever the case may be and he's suspended for the rest of the you know the rest of the season. I do believe if Fernando Tatis Jr. had not have done that then maybe just maybe they could have stood toe to toe with the division foe in the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team they seem to have been chasing for the past few seasons now. Um, but since he's out of the season, um, you know, the Padres looks like just any other team, really. So that's how much a franchise can change um, you know, if players don't follow the rules, so is what it is, but let's move on. So, um, where was I? Okay. So those are the two biggest narratives right now. Um, Aaron judge and the Yankee home run record. And then Albert Pujols in the overall home run record. So, Rather, it's Aaron Judge trying to eclipse the record set by Babe Ruth and Roger Maris, you know, the Yankee home run record, or it's Albert Pujols looking to end his final farewell and his retirement tour and his, you know, his, uh, his swan song, whatever you want to call it, um, with 700 home runs or more. So this is very exciting television, to say the least. Now let's talk about um, some of the teams and the standings as we're getting closer and closer and closer into the postseason for Major League Baseball. 
So, first off, the reigning defending World Series champs, the Atlanta Braves. Shout out to, you know, that team and their coach over there. Excuse me, their manager, Brian Snicker. Um, that team's very well coached, well disciplined. Um, they have very high standards for themselves. They hold they hold themselves accountable. Um, they have very strict, um, you know, a way of play about them. They have nice structure as far as how they conduct themselves on and off, you know, the field as far as, you know, how they play and so on and so forth. I know I'm saying kind of whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff with a lot not not a lot of substance but what I'm trying to say is this they're well coached um well disciplined um and you know you can only imagine that they enforce you know a strict um program and there's a structure to them um so i guess that's what i mean by that um but the world series champs the atlanta braves um have clinched a postseason berth they now have that's right i said it they now have a playoff spot that they have now earned so it's going to be interesting to see if the new york mets arrival in that same division the national league east um can do the same as far as clinching a postseason berth earn a playoff spot you know that whole deal um do i think they can do it i mean personally i'm a yankees fan <laughs> so naturally we would be a rival um and we are um, but likes and dislikes aside, um, without, you know, basically, I guess I'm trying to say this with my unbiased opinion, you know, me being, you know, uh, impartial, me being, uh, uh, having my opinion without any favoritism, I would say the likes of that happening is possible um you know it is doable it is um totally a reachable um goal certainly um by their standards um but that's not the question um you know that is you know, being uh, implied here. The question being implied is, will they capture a postseason berth, a playoff spot? Not can they, will they? Um, can they do it? Absolutely. Will they do it? I don't know. Um, it's really going to depend on how far their superstars um, can take them 
or I don't even know if I'd call them superstars. I did. I would just call them stars. Because again, I'm a Yankees fan. I don't want to give my rivals any credit if I don't have to. So I want to give them very little credit if possible. If you know, if if there's a way to do so. So that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but uh, you know, you got the polar bear. In, of course, you know, um, the uh, two-time uh, home run derby champion. Um, trying to think of the man's name. Um, but he goes by the nickname of the Polar Bear. He's a two-time home run derby champion. Um, I'll come back to that one. What I do know is this. They have Jacob deGrom, who's looked to be um, one of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. Um, and I do believe that that's where it has to start. You know, with a good bullpen... Um, and from there, you know, some good stars that you build your team around. Um, let's see. One of the guys that used to be with the Cleveland, um, Guardians also plays over there. Um, trying to think of the guy's name. At this point in time. Um, he goes by the polar bear. I know that's his nickname. And he is the. Two time. Reigning home run derby champion. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, I don't remember his name. I'm sorry about that. Um, I don't really follow the New York Mets a whole bunch. Um, but they have a guy named the Polar Bear who's a two-time home run derby champ. Um, they also have another guy that they got from Cleveland um, that they build their team around back in Cleveland that's now with the Mets but you also have the polar bear um you know um excuse me you have the polar bear um who is the home run derby champ two times over you have the guy they brought over from Cleveland and of course you have Jacob deGrom I'm I'm gonna Say it one last time. I apologize for not knowing um, the names of those two men. I don't follow the Mets enough to remember their name. Um, you'll have to look it up online to get the information on them. But in any case, let's move on. I'm just going to say this and I'm going to end it here as far as the Mets are concerned. Can they do it? Yes. Will they do it? I don't know. Um... And at this point, I don't care because I'm not a Mets fan by any stretch. 
If anything, like I've been saying, I'm a Yankees fan, so naturally, I don't want to see them succeed. But, likes and dislikes aside, with my unbiased opinion, you know, me being impartial and me, you know, um, putting favoritism aside, you know, the Mets could weasel their, their way in there. Um, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them, but here's the thing. This is the postseason we're talking about right now. Um, not just anyone can make it to the postseason. Um, I know how, you know, some teams can just weasel their way in and, you know, make a deep run in the postseason, a.k.a. the playoffs, however you want to call it. Um, but the thing is, you know, you've got to be a good, well-balanced team um, to make it um, throughout that uh, tournament. Um, you have to be a good team to make it there. You need to be um, a decent team to make a run there in the tournament. So again, I'm going to say this one more time and I'll end it here with this particular discussion. You have to be a good team to make the postseason, a.k.a. the playoffs, but you need to be a decent team to make a deep run in the postseason, a.k.a. the playoffs. And you also need to be, you know, and this goes without saying, shouldn't have to say it, um, but you need to be a great team uh, to make the, you know, the championship series, whether it's the ALCS or NLCS, um, and you need to be pretty much a juggernaut to win it all, the World Series championship. Um, what team do I think is going to do that? Um, and this way in the New York Mets discussion, um, I think that's the Dodgers. Um, and if I were a betting man, I would stick with that pick. Um, so the Mets could make it, but I don't really care if they do or don't. Let's move on. Speaking of those Dodgers, um, I do believe that they've clinched a postseason berth by now. If not, they'll be soon doing so. Um, um, this is normally around the time where they would clinch a play, you know, postseason berth slash playoff spot. Um, so if they haven't done it already, they will do it soon. Mark my words. To be continued. But, um, uh, but like I said, to be continued, stay tuned, but let's move on. Uh, what other team can I talk about here? I talked, of course, about the, the big money, um, the, the major, the marquee teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, and such and such. Um, let's see if there's any dark horse teams I could mention in the conversation as we near the postseason 
aka the playoffs. Um, let's see. Um, let me see here. Uh, you could potentially still throw the, uh, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. You could throw the Orioles in there and they've been, I know one of the bottom feeder teams all year, but they've had a good record for quite a little bit. They've kept their heads above water for quite a, quite some time. They've been above, excuse me, they've been above 500 for, you know, you know, some time now. And so if they can keep it together, um, they could weasel their way into the postseason. Um, but that's not the only team I would see that could potentially weasel their way in there. Um, the Cardinals. Um, they're a pretty nice team, um, from top to bottom, um, well-coached, well-disciplined, uh, and all that good stuff. So you could potentially throw them in there. Uh, what other team? The Houston Astros, a lot of people sleep on them a lot. Um, they could potentially make their way in there. And finally, if I were to give one more, of course, it was going to be the Atlanta Braves, but they've made it there already. So I would say, let's see here. And this is a tough one for me, by the way, because normally I would have a top three, um, but I'm going to try to have... Um, a top four, you know, in this situation. So let's see. Um, you could even throw a team in there such as maybe the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I haven't followed them a whole lot. But I do believe that they're one of those dark horse teams that could potentially make a run in the postseason, aka the playoffs. And keep in mind, the postseason doesn't start till early October. Um, um, in particular, the the early double digits of October. So, the tenth or eleventh, one of the two. You'll have to check it up online to see which date is accurate, but in any case, let's move on. But it should make for a good postseason because we got some good teams in the conversation. So, there you go. But in any case, let's move on. Okay, so now I'm at the point where I'm, I've got about 13 minutes or so of airtime, so I'm going to say what I can within that time period, and try to make the best of the time. So here we go. So I already talked about the NFL and Major League Baseball. Let's talk about the NBA. So the Boston Celtics were looked to be the favorite um, to maybe even win it all. Um, um, definitely one of the favorites to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, of course, we'll see what happens with the Brooklyn Nets. 
uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, what other team from the East could I potentially throw into that mix? Um, we'll see what happens with the uh, New York Knicks. Um, so it's not going to be a guarantee that the Celtics make it back. Um, they're going to have some competition in the East to um, watch out for. Um, but anyway, let's let's address the topic at hand, shall we? Let's do that. Ime Udoka, if I do, if I dare say his name, uh, if I am dare saying his name correctly, that is, um, the coach of the Boston Celtics. Um, he is potentially going to face a one-year suspension. Um, now, as far as why um, that's the case, and the reasoning, and the uh, you know the you know news that allegedly, supposedly, hypothetically. Um, is the case for, you know, such punishment. Um, that's none of my business to discuss and probably no one else's for that matter, because again, it's allegedly, hypothetically, supposedly, and I say that, you know, all the time, right? Um, whenever there's news, especially you know, not necessarily negative news, but news that uh, isn't favorable. I typically like to say in the news, um, there's been some news allegedly, supposedly, um, hypothetically, because no one's trying to get sued. Um, no one's trying to face a lawsuit. No one's trying to face any legal ramifications, repercussions, um, you know, punishments, um, or anything like that. Consequences, none of that. So what I will say is this, and I'll move on because this is kind of, you know, this is kind of, uh, gray area territory here. Um, this is, uh, this is, you know, touchy subject matter for some. So there you go. The coach could be out for a year, depending on, um, how the organization handles, um, you know, any news about the, any recent news that is about their coach. So, that makes their so-called, um, you know, comeback story, if they're, if I dare call it that, um, a little bit more tougher. Of course, they'll have a young coach, you know, about 34 years old, and of course that would make him the youngest coach in the league at that point. Um, you know, but he's not going to replace what Ime 
Udoka does for this team. And sure, this is a championship caliber team, the Boston Celtics are. But, you know, there goes an old saying, you're only going to get as far as, you know, good coaching is going to take you. Um, and I do believe with a, you know, replacement at the helm, I'm not saying that they can't do it or won't do it. I'm just saying it's going to be harder for them to do it. And I'll just leave it at that. But in any case, let's move on. Um, if there's one more thing I'd like to mention as far as the NBA is concerned, and I'll move on from that point, um, is the plan tournament. You know, who is going to make their way into the plan? Um, you know, what teams could we expect to make their way there? Um, for me, the Lakers come to mind. Um, what other teams could I potentially throw into that mix? Perhaps the Spurs could potentially make it there. Um, the Grizzlies is another good team. I hate them because they're a rival to my Warriors, but you could throw them in there. Um, of course, we'll see what happens with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, but those are teams that come to mind when I think of the play-in tournament. Now, as far as the playoffs go, I see the Warriors, the defending champs being there. I don't know how, but I'll, I, I see the Celtics getting there some way, somehow. I see them sneaking their way in there, weaseling their way in there. Um, I see, uh, Maybe even the Lakers getting a, you know, playoff spot, postseason berth. Um, but that's only because LeBron James is on the team and he's got good players around him, a good supporting cast. Um, I would put the 76ers in there. The Brooklyn Nets, we'll see what happens with KD and Kyrie. Um, the Celtics, um, I might have already mentioned them, but they could potentially make it all the way. Um, if I were to mention two more teams, if I could, um, let's see, who would they be? Um, let's see here. Well, the Nuggets, the Suns, um, the Mavs, those are teams that are considered to be in that discussion as well, so we'll see what happens. But in any case, to be continued, stay tuned, but let's move on. Okay, so talked about the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, so now let me talk about the WNBA just briefly, and then I'm going to try to freestyle a little bit on this podcast. Okay, so lastly, finally, the WNBA, right? So the Las Vegas Aces had their parade, um, their shindig, their 
championship celebration, right, if you will, on the Las Vegas Strip, because where else, right? It is Las Vegas, after all. Where else are you going to host it? Um, the MGM Grand, <laughs> um, Caesars Palace, um, you know, the, uh, the um, you know, fake New York skyline they have as part of downtown. No, uh, you'll have it in the glossier, uh, area known as the New York, uh, excuse me, the, uh, Las Vegas strip. So that's exactly what they did. Um, I can only imagine that they received high praise. Um, they got their props, their compliments and confetti showers, champagne showers and whatever else. I just want to say this and I'll end it here with this particular subject and all other subjects as it pertains to sports for this particular episode of the podcast. Congratulations to the Las Vegas Aces and of course Coach Becky Hammond for winning the WNBA championship. Um, they've come a long way from being swept by the Seattle Storm a few years prior to winning it all this season. Congratulations, and I wish you all nothing best but good stuff, you know, moving forward. So there you go. Okay, so I talked about just about all the professional sports that I could think of off the top of my head that I typically mention. I want to talk just briefly about AEW Grand Slam. Um, and that took place at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. So I'm going to try to be as quick as I can. Tony Storm took on Britt Baker DMD and Athena. And I think there was one more um, woman in that uh, fold. But yeah, um, it was Tony Storm, Athena, um, and Burt Baker DMD, and Serena Deeb, actually. Um, they competed against each other, and Tony Storm walked out as the champ. Of course, Soraya, or former WWE Diva Page, came out. She got a good pop, and that was really, really nice. So there you go. MJF got a good pop as he interrupted uh, Wheeler Yuta. That was a good segment over there. Um, what else? Uh, FTR and, of course, um, Billy Gunsons got into it. That was pretty fun to watch. Brian Danielson versus, um, Dan uh, excuse me, John Moxley was fun to watch. Um, and finally, because I'm running out of airtime now, um, AW Grand Slam Rampage will be this Friday. Check it out on your local listings in your area for that particular event. I want to talk about stocks just briefly. Um, stocks such as Facebook, um, AMC Entertainment, and, you know, stocks like that are changing by the day. So if you're a stock type of person, definitely look into that. Um, finally, um, I've been reading the book. It's better to be feared. I would hope to get it finished within the next few weeks, 
But that's all the time I have for today. Thank you, everyone. Take care.